swimmers and welcome to Torpedo Swim Talk. I hope you got to catch last week's podcast with Ellie Cole. I've had such lovely feedback about our chat and was so impressed with how generous Ellie was with her time. Today's podcast guest is David Bale, the oldest competitor at the recent Australian Olympic trials. I know you will enjoy hearing all about his swimming journey. Hi, David. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Where are you coming to us from today? Um, I'm in um, a very cold uh, and very breezy and very wet Canberra. Oh, lovely. Yes. Similarly, we're in a very cold, wet Melbourne, but you're not in lock- lockdown like we are, thankfully. So not you at get all. Out and about. And you had a swim meet yesterday. How did that go? I did. Um, it was a, uh, just a small meet, but uh, I did three swims and uh, was very happy with all of them. So, um, yeah, I'm currently in an endurance phase of training. So um, we're in lots of heavy work. Oh, awesome. Uh, what pool was that uh, competition at yesterday? Uh, so we have uh, a relatively new pool that's only been opened uh, for 12 months, uh, or just under 12 months, uh, at Stromlo. Okay. Uh, it's right near the um, bike park area. Um, so it has an amazing view out the windows, um, uh, both in the gym and the pool. So, yeah, it's a lovely venue. Oh, beautiful. I- indoor 50, is it? Oh, definitely, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and what... what uh, many. Yeah, yeah, you, would, you yeah. would need that in Canberra. It gets too cold. No. Um, Very what, much so. What three races did you race in yesterday? Uh, I did a 200 IM, uh, a 50 free, and then a 200 free. Okay. And uh, what, what's yeah. your main event? Uh, my main event is generally a 100 fly. Okay. Um, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, but the, the qualifying times for a lot of the meets that I enter um, are quite difficult because sometimes I don't necessarily have a multi-class event. Yes. And I'll have to try and hit the able-bod times. Right. So even as a multi even as a multi-class athlete, if you're entering an able-bodied competition, there's no leeway for you. You have to disqualify for that time. Uh, it depends on the meet, but quite often I just have to make the time. Yeah. Right. Wow. Can um can I ask so that our listeners can hear what your disability is? Yep. So um I have um, what the neurologists have described as a neurological condition of unknown origin that presents with multiple sclerosis-like symptoms. So um, I can tick four and a half boxes of a multiple cla- multiple sclerosis diagnosis. I'm just missing half a box. Right. So, um, yeah. When, um, when did that all come about in, in your life? Uh, about 10 years ago. Right. Um, yeah, just, just before I turned 40, um, yeah, things started to, um, to present uh, various different symptoms. Um, um, I had, uh, yeah, lots of fatigue and chest pain. Um, and, uh, and then I had an episode where I lost, lost the entire left side of my body. Uh, it just completely lost function. Later today, I rushed off the hospital um, thinking I was having a stroke. Um, Wow. And yeah, they did all the tests, and I was in there for four days. And um, gradually, the feeling and uh, movement came back in the majority of um, the left side, um, except for the left foot, 
um, that remained with uh, foot drop. Right. Um, yeah, and then gradually, sort of every sort of 18 months to two years, I'll have another episode um, where something else will generally go and not come back. So now I have foot drop in both feet. Um, and I have residual uh, loss of function in the left hand. Right. Um, but I'm right-handed, so fortunately, left hand isn't sort of that important for me anyway. <laughs> That's lucky. <laughs> well, how does that, I mean, swimming, obviously, how does that affect your mobility in the water? So so, so I, I was fortunate that uh, I took up swimming um, in my sort of mid-30s um after uh finishing um in the school age stuff yeah um and i did it just for weight loss um i enjoyed too much wine and uh, not enough exercise um so yeah so i swam and i was swimming in masters competitions all the way through the process and then continued to swim through masters uh even after i got sick um at some stages, I was able to hold on to a kickboard and kick with one foot and drag the left side of my body through. Yeah. Um, I was uh, encouraged by uh, my club and uh, my coaches, um, and it was uh, a very much a, a mental health uh, exercise for me um, to be able to maintain that. And now, after going through the classification process and competing at um, elite level competitions, um, my level of fitness is actually assisting to uh, slow down the progression of symptoms. Um, so I have a resting heart rate of 45. Wow. Uh, and the, um, uh, all of my doctors um, and health professionals that um, the team that support me uh, have all said that I really need to maintain a fairly good level of fitness for as long as I possibly can. Um, and it should slow the progression of the uh, condition. So um, hence, uh, yeah, even despite, um, um, so after, so I swam at trials um, just recently at the yep. Paralympic Olympic uh, swim trials and um, that I declared as my la last um, open national level competition. Yep. Um, but I'm still going to swim and train um, to maintain that level of fitness for my health yeah. Um, just not probably to the level of intensity um, that I have been to be able to complete at that level. Yep. And you're an S9 athlete. How? What? What does that classification mean? So S9 uh, classification is uh, quite a varied classification. Um, there's several people in that classification that may have um, a milder form of cerebral palsy. Yeah. Um, it also includes people that have uh, above knee amputation. Right. Um, it also includes some people that have um, like a double below knee or one arm, uh, one one below elbow uh, and one below knee. So there's lots of various different combinations, and it's a very rigorous um, assessment process that you have to go through. Uh, generally, takes about ninety minutes. Right. Um, um, there's about um, probably an hour of physical assessments that they get you to do everything from um, like wiggle your toes, touch your toes, um, various different stretches, various different movements, um, all very much related to the various different aspects of swimming. Yeah. Um, 
and um, and then they get you to do an assessment in the water as well. Um, right. So they look at you getting into the water, they look at you getting out of the water, as well as um, um, your ability to do each of the strokes as well as turns. Right. Um, they also get you to get onto the block um, yeah. if you're able um, yeah. and do a dive um, to assess whether you need like assistance um, to get onto the block or um, th that sort of thing as well. So yeah, um, it's yeah, it's a very rigorous process. Oh. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I actually just went through it because uh, my because I have a degenerative um, condition. Um, they have set mine at a review for every five years. Right. Um, so I was actually due for a review um, in like May last year, but obviously COVID kind of put a stymie on that. So okay. <laughs> I've only just recently had my review that was due back then. And yeah. um, um, I was actually expecting to go down a classification to S8 as a result of the additional uh, foot drop. So yeah. I only had foot drop in the left foot and the um, residual issue in the left hand. Um, but um, I've just gone from a um, one um, part on the spectrum of S9 to a lower part of the spectrum of S9. So, right. um, <laughs> and unfortunately, I actually lost, um, I, I originally had 12 plus uh, and six as my allowances. Uh, yeah. 12 plus is for breaststroke. Um, right. And that's so that because uh, I can't do a round kick, I can't right. turn my feet out. Yeah. Um, so I have to do foot drop. I have to do leg drag or yep. show attempt to kick, which is obviously quite difficult. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, and the other one was six was um, uh, particularly with fly uh, was I didn't necessarily have to finish with both hands on the wall at the same time. And right. my hands didn't necessarily have to be in a level plane. Right. Um, they've actually taken that away. Oh. So now oh, we have to finish with both. With a, <laughs> I have to swim in a level plane as well as finish with hands um, at the same time, which is, um, um, yeah, I was a bit surprised they actually took something away like that. But um, yeah. obviously I've um, um, uh, worked on those uh, parts of my stroke, so they didn't notice that there was any difference. So they decided okay. to just give me the 12 um, plus. Um, so yeah, but I haven't got DQ'd yet, so we'll we'll see how we go. That's good. That must be all that work that you put in to make it very even across both sides of your body. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping yeah. so. Um, I did a 200 fly not long ago um, and didn't get get DQ'd in that process. So. Um, yeah, and that's because um, I was warned um, by one of the officials uh, in relation to um, being fully submerged during fly. Right, okay. Um, so now I have to very much focus, particularly when you're doing 200 fly, make sure that I um, continue the undulation and my um, um, some part of my body is breaching the water at all times. So Yeah, wow. Um, that's awesome. Can I ask a bit about the Olympic trials that you just recently went to? What it was, what was it like competing and and sort of walking around pool deck and seeing all these um, amazing athletes? It was um, it was very cool. Like I was um, uh, a little bit awestruck. Yes. Um, um, 
I, I'm fortunate that I do, because I've been competing at sort of the national level for a number of years now, um, seeing sort of um, Kyle Chalmers and um, Kate Campbell and Bronte Campbell and Taylor McEwen and um, all the Olympians uh, on pool deck um, is much more familiar to me than um, uh, would have been if it was my first sort of um, uh, my first event. So I think that helped with being able to uh, control my nerves a little bit. Yeah. Um, I was obviously extremely nervous. Um, um, uh, I think uh, I'm fortunate that um, uh, someone like Mitch Larkin um, uh, has, uh, I met him a number of years ago uh, at a New South Wales State Championships uh, State Open and uh, we had a a conversation and he's uh, he's been really supportive and um, uh, encouraging to me ever since. And uh, the other one is Taylor McEwen um, who... um, yeah, we. I would say we probably message um, a couple of times a week in relation to various different things that are going on and and that sort of Lovely. thing. And um, yeah, so I'm really fortunate to have those connections. Um, yeah. And then I have like a multitude of connections through the um, the para team. Yes. Um, yeah. So like I went to um, dinner with Ahmed Kelly uh, and Matt Levy um, and Josh Alford. Um, just recently, um, before right. the second state of origin, so that was really cool. Yeah, um, that's to lovely. Sort of, to be included in that kind of group. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. So the the para um, the para athletes are very inclusive and um, uh, yeah. really supportive. And um, um, yeah, I had some very kind words said to me um, after my event. Um, when they found out that it was my last event at the national level. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was very, very gratifying. Um, and um, I even caught up with um, uh, Dawn Fraser oh, um, at trials. Yeah. Uh, I had a bit of a conversation with her and um, um, she complimented me on my swim. Yeah. And um, she commented that um, I had lost weight. Um, oh, really? <laughs> Uh, open nationals on the Gold Coast, and it was that took me that took me aback a bit because I didn't even know she knew who I was, let alone that she'd noticed that I'd lost some weight. So yeah, I was very proud of that comment, and I'll take that for sure. I think she's a very cluey lady, and she's across everyone. It seems. I think so. I really do. Um, yeah, she was just lovely. Um, yeah, um, I was fortunate to get a, um, a snap for Instagram. Um, but uh, yeah, I got lots of comments on, so that was cool. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so the whole experience, I think the big, the big difference between um, like an open nationals and trials was the intensity. Yes. Um, everyone was so focused, and because everyone was trying to hit those QTs, um, that yeah, the intensity in the marshalling rule room was, um was really full on. Um, there's usually like a lot of sort of um, jovial comments and, and that sort of thing and people sort of messing around and um, uh, lots of interaction and stuff, but there was a lot less of that going on in the in the marshalling room. It was everyone was sort of quite focused and yeah. putting caps on and adjusting goggles and really like a lot of people were listening to music and 
um, yeah, it was a very intense um, marshalling space. So yeah. um, that was probably the big difference um, yes. between sort of a, a nationals and a trials was because um, the Com Games trials that I went to, which was my first, yeah. um, was it actually combined nationals and Commonwealth Games trials yeah. because of the timing. Yeah. Um, wasn't the case for this. So to go to um, to that level of competition, um, yeah, I, I mean, I only qualified for one event and that was the 53. Um, so it was a, um, a lot of money um, to go to a particular event for to race for 30 seconds. Yes. Um, but it's basically the highest level of competition in Australia without making a national team. So, um, yeah, I was well and truly happy to, um, to go through that, particularly as it was my one and only opportunity to do so. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm 48, so to race, to be a uh, – when I was talking to Dawn, I actually commented to say that I think that I would have to be the oldest um, uh, Olympic and Paralympic trials debutante ever. Uh, it's not wholeheartedly agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I really love the, the way that they have combined the multi-class and able-bodied in the one competition, and I think that that really is wonderful that they're bringing that to the public and everyone can see that and how hard all of our athletes try to, you know, get onto that Australian team, and it's it's just a wonderful thing. I think it's great that you're role-modelling that for all our master swimmers as well. That's terrific. Thank you, and it is. It's I really enjoy the competitions where we have the multi-class and um, and the able athletes together. Um, yeah. I think that um, it's a much more inclusive approach. Um, yeah. Well, Paralympics is very cool in the fact that it's our like our own kind of event. Um, yeah. The coverage on the Paralympics is never as broad as it is for the Olympics. So. Yeah. If it was combined together, then the coverage would be much better. Yeah. Uh, and everyone commented uh, after the Commonwealth Games in relation to the inclusiveness of the Commonwealth Games in relation to having them sort of the they'll have sort of three um, three able events and then a para event after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It made it. Um, um, yeah. It made it really cool and was. Um, uh, quite a wonderful experience to uh, to be um, on that stage. I think the biggest issue with that event was um, I burnt my feet. Oh, how did you do that? Oh no, how did you do that? Because I ha- because I wear splints all the time. Yeah. Um, I actually have really tender feet, so oh. um, I do have a, a residual. I think it probably was worse. It I could have been a lot worse because I have a. Um, uh, and a level of numbness on the bottoms of my feet, but I was still actually burning them um, on the plastic, you know, that blue plastic flooring they put down around pool yeah. deck so that you don't slip. Yes. Um, well, it was like 33, 34 degrees. Oh, no. And, open pool. Um, yes. and the other thing was when I climbed onto the block, I didn't realise it was going to be so hot either. So oh, wow. I was really kind of, yeah. Yeah, I found out later that uh, from someone that uh, is well experienced that he said, yeah, that pool, you always need to uh, get some water and splash it onto the block before you get onto oh. it because the blocks do heat up. Right, uh, wow. Blue, that blue grippy pad um, on yeah. the blocks, if it's exposed to the sunlight, um, heats up 
quite dramatically. So, yeah, right. I've waited for that start to finish, <laughs> that start to happen very quickly. I was like, just let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> let's have a bit of a talk about your training. Um, I'm interested to find out how many sessions do you swim a week or how many did you sort of swim in the lead up to the trials? Um, so because of my condition um, uh, and it involves uh, a level of fatigue, um, I'm only able to do four sessions a week in the water and then yep. I do two gym sessions uh, out of the water. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's probably not that many um, to compared to uh, most of the athletes that I was competing against. Um, most of them would have been doing probably eight plus sessions. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I obviously have to um, manage the fatigue side of things. And I also have to um, take into consideration that I have a – I work 32 and a half hours a week. Exactly. Um, <laughs> for the public service. So, yep. um, yes, um, that, yeah, that obviously takes a toll as well. But, um, um, yeah, and then I've, I have physio and other medical appointments that I have to fit in as well. So um, I do have a very busy schedule. Um, and um, I did in the lead up, I probably tried to add an extra session in here and there, particularly right. um, in the um, last probably three or four weeks. Yeah. Um, when we really started to focus on the speed side of things. Right. Um, and yeah, like in the last week, it was getting to the point where I would do um, like race warm up. Um, then I'd do uh, 25 dive max effort. Then I would do a 25 push max effort and then I'd do a swim down and that was it. Right. That was my session. That so, sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite a, quite a, quite a fan of taper. Yeah, um, I bet. <laughs> so, yeah, so I did that um, uh, and that obviously because of the intensity um, was there but the, uh, the distance wasn't there. I was able to do some extra sessions. So, um, yeah. so I probably got up to about six sessions in the last, kind of three weeks okay um as well as maintaining the two gym sessions yep and before taper how far would you generally swim in a in a training session how many k um, probably four to four and a half k's would be an average session and we do that in about um uh, hour 40 yep um so we generally rock up with a pool at um 5 30 a.m Yes. Um, and we do 20 minutes of um, stretching and activation right? Uh, before we actually get in the pool uh, at yep. 10 to 6. So, yeah, from 10 to 6 till 7.30, um, we generally get through about sort of 4 to 4.5K depending on what the focus is and what, uh, uh, what energy system that we're focusing on that particular day. And give us a bit of a, a hint as to your favourite sort of set that you do. Like, what's your go-to set that you always go back to? Um, there is a particular set that um, the so when so we had uh, we got a new coach starting at Woden um, back in August last year um, when we first started at the pool, and he had this set, and within the first two weeks we did it, and um, I experienced an overheating um, um, situation where uh, if I work too hard. Yep. then I have trouble uh, regulating my body temperature. Okay. And as a result, um, I overheat and I need ice packs and 
right. that sort of thing to cool yep. me down. So I had lifeguards attending to me and they had ice packs and it wasn't working. So they ended up getting out the fire hose oh. um, <laughs> that was just basic tap water, but obviously in August in Canberra that was pretty cold and they hosed me down with fire hose to um, oh. try and get my temperature down. So wow. um, that process took about half an hour. So I've actually learned how to do that set. Uh, the coach and I both learned from that experience and I've learned how to do that set uh, much better now. Um, and it's it's a pretty full on set. So we start out with um, three 100s um, at, and uh, we, we look at like a, a goal time. Right. Uh, and then you add seconds to that goal time rather than looking at a PB. Um, okay. Because you don't want to be swimming at your PB, you want to be swimming faster than your PB as a goal. So, um, yeah, so we kind of start out with that. Um, We do three 100s of that, and then you do 200 easy. Uh, And then you would do two 100s, but your goal would be uh, less seconds added. So it would be like goal plus 12. So you'd start out with goal plus 15, and then you go down to goal plus 12, and then you'd do 200 easy. And then you would go goal plus um, 10, but form stroke. Right. <laughs> yeah. Why? Okay. And then you had to take your heart rate after that. Yes. So the very first time I did it when I overheated, I hit 190. Ooh, that's a bit high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We, we definitely agreed on that. And then the next time I did it, I got it down to 170, um, which I was much happier with. Um, yeah. And now I can generally do the same sort of set and get that last 100 um, at about 160. Okay. Probably yeah. where I should be at. That's where you should be at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so 190 was, um, yeah, it was excruciating. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was, um, I, I enjoy that set now much more. Um, yeah, just because I've learned how to do it properly and get um, uh, what we're actually trying to achieve out of that process, out of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, doing it correctly. Um, and having the level of fitness to be able to do it as well. Um, Absolutely. And you mentioned your coach. Is um, is that a, a master's team that you swim with or a one-club a one sort of swimming squad? Um, it's actually um, a – so at my current club, we don't have a master's component. Right. So I swim um, with the gold squad. Um, the oldest gold squad member below me is – 21 <laughs> right and then below that is 17 and then they're mostly sort of 15 16 year olds yep um so yeah and they're um uh yeah the woden woden valley swim club uh is an amazing club to swim with yeah um they're all very encouraging and we really um are a team um yep. yeah um yeah, they're very, very, very um, uh, uh, enthusiastic swimmers um, yeah. and they're very passionate. So, um, yeah, um, we all look after each other and, um, uh, yeah, it's a, a really good place to swim. And they're actually in the process of establishing a master's um, uh, portion of the club um, yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah. We've actually just lost our head coach. And they recruit. They've recruited a new one, and we're just waiting for him to start. So, oh, okay. Um, 
Yeah, so that's kind of put a bit of a delay on the establishment of a new Masters Club, but um, it's definitely going to be happening. Um, and um, it's just a matter of, um, yeah, getting the um, um, the processes in place to be able to um, have sort of someone. So our current, the coach that's going to take Masters is actually currently running um, the Gold Squad and Silver Squad. So right. he's really busy at the moment and can't really do the extra sessions for the Masters uh, swimmers at the moment. But um, yeah. um, it's really good. We've had some um, uh, some inquiries. Uh, it's not like we're just going to be stealing from other Masters clubs. Right. Um, we've had lots of I've had lots of people ask me um, about Masters and about swimming in an adult um, squad. Yeah. Um, that are new to Masters. Um, yeah. Terrific. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, because I swam with the uh, Vikings uh, Masters Club. Yeah. Um, uh, for a number of years, and uh, it's only this year is the first year that I haven't rejoined. Um, and obviously because that was my focus was on um, uh, nationals and then trials. Um, and um, yeah, so it's it's I don't want to sort of just uh, poach um, swimmers from that club. Yeah. Um, yeah, to to broaden the master swimming base in the ACT is definitely desirable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I had a um, had a gentleman actually come up to me yesterday at the meet and say that he was interested in the masters club, and um, he said that um, uh, he swam masters when he was in France. Oh, okay. And, um, okay. Um, he used to punch out a um, a two thirty for his um, two hundred IM. Right. That's pretty good. Kind of tidy, kind yeah. of tidy for a fifty-year-old. So, yeah, um, nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're happy to take him. Yeah, of <laughs> <laughs> and you just mentioned before when you were talking about your taper, your um, your pre-race warm-up. To, uh, walk us through that. What do you do for your pre-race warm-up? The pre-race warm-up is very uh, is um, uh, it's uh, very set, uh, very specific. Yeah. Um, and so I start out with uh, uh, 200 uh, switch, so 50 uh, free, 50 back, then 100 kick, and then we go into 450s short rest. So you hit the wall, five seconds, go again, and then 450s of drill. Yep. Uh, and then we do um, three 100s uh, descending. So we start out at um, um, about 70 Seventy percent, then eighty percent, then ninety percent. Yep. And then we move into six uh, fifties um, of more pace work, um, but you do sort of fifty easy, and then fifty at back end speed, sort of two hundred back end speed. Right. Um, and then um, alternate that through the six, uh, two dives. Yep. And then a hundred easy. Yes. And then get out, get warm. I'll get out, get your suit on. Yeah. Um, and then I have to, as a multi-class swimmer, I have to show my classification card right. um, to the meet uh, referee right. uh, before the event, before the meet actually starts. So I have to include that in my process as well. Right. Um, and, um, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be sponsored um, by Tier um, for my swimsuits. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, a good. So it generally takes me about twenty 
to 25 minutes to put my Venzo uh, race suit on. So yep. I have to take that into consideration as well. So, yep. um, um, and I generally try not to warm up uh, any earlier than 70 minutes before I race. Yeah, okay. Uh, is the general um, indication that um, um, my coach had given me. So I've maintained that. Um, yep as much as I can uh, at some of the smaller meets that you don't really, the, the time is not necessarily as, as easy to, to monitor. Um, um, yeah, for sure. course it's easy because you've always got the other end of the pool that you can warm up in. Absolutely. Uh, but for some long course events then we may not necessarily have uh, an alternate pool. Yep. Um, so you have to warm up at the beginning with everyone else and yes. yeah, hope you don't cool down too much in the process. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And I know you mentioned that was going to be your last um, Olympic trials or Commonwealth trials competition. Do you see yourself going in any other future events that are not that, like Masters events, or you got any sort of thoughts to maybe go to Japan next year for the FINA Worlds? Um, so generally for the um, uh, a lot of the... Um, competitions that don't have masters that don't have um the multi-class uh qualifying um then i generally don't qualify in the able uh bod times right uh, so um i do have i'm i mentioned that i um, am currently in an endurance phase of training and yep. that's because i am uh looking to um have a tilt at a um s9 open national record oh wow okay um yeah so uh 1500 um s9 uh australian short course record yes is within reach i believe okay wow that's amazing when are you planning on swimming that uh so because to make a national record it has to be a 1500 men's um, multi class yep. short course race, which obviously, as you can understand, don't happen very often. No. Um, so, my club is actually setting up a time trial. Fantastic. And they're going to include it at like the end of a club night. Right. Um, so, we'll have all, because our club nights are official times. Yes. So we'll have the, all the officials that we need for it to be an official time. Yep. And um, yeah, so there's only two multi class, so there's only two men's uh, men in the multi class in my club. So we will probably both swim it together. Yep. Um, and um, yeah, if all goes to plan, then I should break the national record in the process. That would be amazing. Um, yeah. Terrific. Yeah. So I actually, I, ha I hold the um, uh, 1500 state record. Right. Um, which happens to be a minute and 10 seconds quicker than the national record. Okay. But it's because I broke the state record in a um, non-multi-class right. um, mixed event. Okay. So if it's a mixed event, it can't count for a national record. Okay. And it has to be multi-class. So I didn't meet either of those criteria. So whilst I've actually already broken it, Yes. Um, I can't officially claim the title of national record holder. Right. Um, until 
we yeah go through this process so um yeah so yeah so that's my that's my focus at the moment yeah um and then um and then i'm looking to uh state new south wales master state championships are supposed to be held in um canberra in october yes yes i saw um, that yeah and that will be my next um my next major meet that i'm looking at which will be my first um um first event back in masters um for over 12 months yeah yeah so, let's yeah. let's hope it can all go ahead it's yeah i was yeah, i was looking at that thinking i'd like to come up to canberra for that but we'll have to see indeed indeed we need to yeah sydney need to um to get things um sorted up there before they can even think about anything like that but october is a reasonable time away um yeah. if it was any closer i'd be concerned yeah um but um yeah, I think that uh, hopefully, um, if all things go to plan, um, then they should be able to go ahead with that particular uh, that particular event. So yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I am looking forward to coming back and swimming at masters level. Um, yeah, yeah, it's um, um, unless unless you're swimming at the um, sort of the the national level, then most of the time I'm swimming against kids. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, whilst they uh, spur me on and um, really do push me and try and make me go faster and that sort of thing, um, but it's a lot harder to engage socially. Uh, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> them, so, um, yeah. So yeah, I am looking forward to the uh, the social aspect of coming back to masters. Yeah, I think that's one of the lovely things about master swimming, isn't it? There is a lovely social In side and. Um, it's just my every master swimmer I've ever sort of come across just have a, such a joy for swimming, um, yeah. and just such a you know lovely comradeship I think that carries across all of our different events that we stage. Yeah, and it's very much um, um, a, a cool down for a master swimmer is quite often a nice glass of wine at the closest bar. Yes, rather. Than 800 to um, 2k <laughs> in the water, depending on what you've raised. So. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> well, David, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been lovely catching up with you and, and getting to hear all about your swimming journey and best wishes for that upcoming 1,500-metre um, open record. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you for your time. I um, um, yeah, was really uh, honoured to be able to share. Oh, you're welcome. It's lovely that you came on. Thank you so much. All right, cheers. Okay, bye. bye.